Hello, everybody, Hello. and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. This is the podcast where Jordan and I uh, go through film franchises, and we take them one movie at a time, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are better than the originals. I'm Micah Macaw. I'm Jordan Macaw. And with us, we have a very special guest. It's my sister, Rebecca Macaw. Woo! Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. She was very adamant when we started this podcast. She was like, I have to be on The Lord of the Rings. And, well, a little backstory for if you're just jumping into our series. This is our Patreon pick series. So our patrons have voted for this, and this is the winner, Middle Earth. Um, And we're finishing up the first part of Middle Earth, which is The Lord of the Rings. And um, anyway, all that to say, my sister was very adamant when we started this that whenever we did Lord of the Rings she had to be on it or under i was under physical duress if she was not in it yes (laughs) she just (laughs) confirms it right away um so i wanted to be on all of them but i had to settle for only one yeah i that would be it'd be only a very special circumstance i think where we would have a guest in like all three of a of a series they'd have to be like the director of it or yeah, something it would have to like be peter that. jackson but i'm your <laughs> yeah. sister that's like the next to the best thing well you know the next to the best thing gets you on one episode <laughs> <laughs> okay now i know how the scale works yeah so um yes so we're, we're talking about return of the king let's each just talk a little bit about how like this series like this movie in general our first experience with it etc let's start with you rebecca oh my first experience with it yeah like like how how do you remember it at least like well, the the nest- i remember i didn't get to do the like midnight showing thing but i remember seeing it in theaters and it was so so good i can't remember who i went with but it was so good, and I was, like, so excited for it. And um, I was, I think, it, I think it came out when I was in seventh grade or sixth grade, maybe. And That, that would track, because we'd have been fourth graders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would have been, like, seventh or eighth grade? Yeah I, yeah, I think I can solve the mystery of when you saw it for the first time, but I'll let Jordan <laughs> go first. Okay. Um, I, I think this is... I think the only one I saw in theaters uh, and saw it, I th- I can't, I feel like I might've seen it in white city. It's possible, but I could be wrong. Oh, about really? that. But uh, my experience was I was so in love with the series and I was so mad because I had to pee most of the time <laughs> and I refused to go to the bathroom. And at the end of the movie, I wa- I like really wanted to cry because I just felt so emotional, but I couldn't cause I had to pee too bad. That was Aww. my experience. Well, and let's do a quick sidebar. For those who are not in the Rogue Valley, um, the White City Theater is, it's a fun theater to talk about because Rebecca and I used to live in White City slash Eagle Point when we were growing up, which is in that area. And it is the really cheap theater. Still to this day, it's like $5 movies Mm -hmm. pretty much all the time. But it's also terrible it's a horrible theater like half the time the screens are really dim the sound is always the sound's always bad yeah Um, things i didn't notice when i was a kid but um it was always like a treat when we went to medford to go to tinseltown for us yeah it was always like oh my gosh we're like really seeing a movie you know (laughs) and um 
So my first experience with this movie, and I believe yours, I could totally be wrong, Rebecca, but I'm pretty sure this um, was your experience as well. I was just so focused on the movie, I didn't care about who was with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the movie came out December 17th, 2003, and as we all know, my birthday is December 22nd. Yeah. And so five days after the movie came out, we went and saw the movie. Oh, yes. And Ruth was with us, wasn't it? Aunt Ruth? I d- that sounds familiar. Because I know she, she said was something definitely about the white screen. The white screen. When it just goes mean? white for a second. Oh yeah. And she was what like, did... "Oh my gosh, it's like so cool because it's like the light and something weird about that." <laughs> I and I remember, remember that, that all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is why you had to be on this episode for <laughs> for the white screen uh, Aunt Ruth talk. Um, so, I remember yeah. now, though, who I was with. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and then the other thing I remember about this movie is I would imagine it probably took them about a year until they came. So probably sometime in 2005, they probably came out with the extended, um, extended editions. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing previews and you and I, Rebecca, looking at the previews for the extended minutes and being pretty bummed that it said... Um, that it only said f- over 45 minutes of new footage. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't really understand time, I don't think, because we were like, oh, I was hoping it'd be like an hour, maybe two and a half hours more movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I also remember leading up to the movie playing the video game, oh and they would gosh. have cutscenes of the new <laughs> yeah. movie, and I remember specifically the one when Mary goes up to Pippin after Pippin had the Palantir, and he's like, Sauron thinks you have the ring. And I was like, what, Dad? And then also <laughs> the spider, Shelob, I was like, what? And then also the dead people, I was like, what is what is this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was such a wild ride playing that game, and I, I don't know what date it came out, but it did come out before came out the before, movie. before, for sure. Yeah. And so probably not that long before the movie. Yeah, maybe like a couple of weeks, I would imagine, at the yeah. most. At and least they, it I'm was sure a complete they... game though, because it went through yeah. all the movies basically. Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah, because you well, you started in two towers. Because the first level you're Gandalf at Helm's Deep. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Okay. Well, at yeah, least so it, it was two movies. Right, right. <laughs> um because then the two towers game starts with you on Weathertop. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, just for the listener, if, if, if you've never looked at this, the theatrical version of this movie is three hours and 21 minutes. The version we watched last night <laughs> was four hours and 23 minutes. So well, it was a, over an hour long. You watched it all long. in one night? We yeah, we did. took a break, though, in between the discs. Yeah. Oh, I watched the first disc on... Uh, thursday and then the other one last night oh okay we just like it it was just funny because i paused it and we we have the blu-ray now which is awesome but i paused it um on the first disc and it showed that the first disc was two hours and so when we went outside and took a walk after we finished the first disc i was like oh i think we have like maybe one hour one hour and 50 (laughs) minutes to go and then it's like oh no we have two and a half more hours yeah but this has to be the breeziest four hour plus movie that's ever been made because it was it was not even remotely boring yeah no 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 no, no. there's so much going on and even even two towers 
love it. It's 10 out of 10. It's perfect. Wouldn't change anything. But it, when we watched it, I was a little like, there were a few times where I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready to get to like the next scene. Not right. that this scene is bad in any way. Yeah. But this one, and maybe it helps that I have only seen this movie a handful of times where I've seen the other ones like 30, 40, 50 times. I feel times. like everyone's seen Two Towers the most. Yeah. That's just, I feel like when I've talked to people about it, people are most familiar with, with that one because Helm's oh, Deep is just so crazy. That's interesting because I would say that a majority of people that I talk to that are fans of Lord of the Rings a lot, we all watch Return of the King more than any of the others. Interesting. Oh, okay. I mean, it's the best one. Yeah. It, so. it is the best one in a lot in like storyline, but it's not the best in graphics. Oh, I would wow. say it's actually the worst in graphics. That is a hot take. I think I could see that, but I do think that this one has a lot more than the last. I, think, I feel like this movie has a lot more CGI than the other ones. Yeah, and that's what I'm because saying. Because it's like, so it, epic. Yeah, I think I would did, agree with that. I wouldn't say so. There's three big complaints that I have about the movie now, wow. as opposed to okay. when I was younger. This is so, this is going to be interesting, Rebecca. Prepare for the floodgates of Isengard's dam to burst <laughs> forth from our fandom on you with this. There is only well, one of them is definitely from a horse rider's perspective. I'm a horse rider. If, if people don't know that, um, the close up of people riding on fake horses is so incredibly obvious and they do it so much in this film uh -huh. i cannot stop cringing every time i see someone and it i'm talking about the close-ups not when it's like the horse and the rider when it's just the rider and you can tell they yeah, are not just the riding races. a horse yeah 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 it's which so bad yeah it and was funny it watching the behind the scenes because it, it truly is and i mean maybe you maybe rebecca you have an idea on how they could have fixed it um because i have no idea because they they just have them on a fake horse and it moves around but it's like they can't endanger the actors and have them like like with the and and they also can't set up a cam at least at the time a camera that close to their faces yeah you know right. so i wonder do you do you have an idea of them fixing that well, I think now with GoPros, there's so much more flexibility with that kind of a thing. Oh, and sure. You could do things because the GoPros are so stabilized now. You could do things like have a professional rider riding with a GoPro maybe on the side and doing it that way. Or even having it somehow come up from their helmet or their hat or, oh, or yeah. something to have it next to them writing because it's so obvious and he does it like it would have been fine if he had done it one or two times but i counted seven major times and that was seven times that i noticed it more than even a couple of other times that he had done it because he did it like 10 times throughout the whole movie yeah see and it doesn't just drove me crazy yeah and it doesn't bother me at all because it is those moments are like you need I I really feel like you do need the character reactions. And like yeah. we talked about in the fellowship, a lot of the CG and like the background, even when it looks fake, it has kind of like a painting quality to mm -hmm. it. So for this series, yeah. it really works for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I do know what you're saying and I do get it. That is a yeah. interesting thing to bring up. And it was especially bad and they did it twice with Eowyn and Mary. Yeah. 
I did notice those for sure. <laughs> yeah, that one was really bad. And, and the uh, Pippin and Gandalf too. Yeah, that one wasn't even as bad as the Eowyn one though. Yeah. But another thing, big complaint, and I've always had this complaint, even from the beginning, and I don't know if it's the actress, but Eowyn's character. Hate her oh. in all the movies. Like, I, Really? That, I hate her. I hate her. In the, She's not as much of a victim, and I think they play her off as like a typical woman victim in these movies. Like, she's always doom and gloom, and like the dream that she has, or she's dreams that she's going to be in a cage, and uh, Aragorn's like, that's not your fate, and it's just like, even when she's talking to Faramir in this movie, she's like, I see darkness, and this and that, and then like, he comes in, and he's like, no, you're okay, ugh, yuck. Hmm. And in the I, books, th she doesn't come across that way, at least how I read it. Yeah, but do you think... See, because I guess to me now, I'm I'm speaking as a man right now. I am not a woman, so let's just put that out there, folks. <laughs> but um, to me, it actually reads more like like everyone in the movie feels that way. So she doesn't seem different to me in that way. Like everyone seems like they have no hope, and she's one of the few people that like retains hope. Is how uh, I see it. No, I see I it as she she has because she's a woman and it's clearly obvious that she's not given the rights of men like she can't do anything that she wants to do that they can do i think she, she still feels the weight of what the men feel i yeah. think part of it is because she's yeah. put it upon herself and then also because she is in a position of authority right but she still can't she doesn't have the opportunity to still do everything even though that pretty much she would be in charge of rohan yeah. At, at, yeah like by by the end of all this because it's likely that theoden and aomer would die so that that's how i see it and i i agree with mike in terms of the doom and gloom it's like she um was basically stalked by a weird worm tongue guy for a long time oh, yeah and she yeah, had to see her true. she had to see her uncle be possessed by a wizard and then she also had to see her cousin die so i i, I kind of i think they set her up well um i think especially in, in this movie because in this movie she gets her due yeah. like she kills sauron it is the witch like king not Sauron. oh sorry yeah. you're right the witch yeah. king but um it is just i feel so empowered seeing that scene yeah. and i was like fist pumping a lot <laughs> that's one of my favorites i am no man <sighs> yeah yeah okay what's your I third one i i just i don't like eowyn's character anyway and then my third one is um, the uh, when they're riding the horses from the uh, White City to the uh, Asgiliath. Um, is that what the yeah side oh yeah 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 uh, when when Faramir is going back out yeah when he goes back out they. It looks different. Like, the way they did the horses, there's less horses in that than in the big, huge, massive Rohirrim that come and fight uh, for them. And yet, that scene of them running with the horses, as epic as it is, the CGI is way more noticeable and worse in that than it is when there's three times as many horses hmm. well, in the Rohirrim scene. 
So for me, and you know me, um, I, I know the other people in the audience don't, but CGI is a really hard thing for me to get over. And I yeah. know that it was done in a much earlier time when CGI wasn't as good as it is now. But even still, like, I can't even bear to watch certain movies because of the CGI horses. Like, it's just, I just can't get over it. And I try. I do try. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to have some stuff to talk about when we get to the horses, because I, I watched on the Blu-ray, they have, um, an, an, another disc, Rebecca, <laughs> and it has yeah. just like a two hour documentary. That's just, um, like fly on the wall footage of them filming each movie. And there was yeah. a whole like 10 minutes on how they did the CG horses. So when we I get mean, to I've that, I'll it. talk about it more. Well, this is yeah. exclusive on the Blu-ray. But I'm sure oh. they had some other stuff that was similar to it on that. But yeah, let's get into the production. Have some of the horse stuff on there, on the uh, the extended version of mine on the DVDs. On the appendixes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yesterday I went to go uh, put in the second disc, and I had it upside down, and I put in one of the appendixes first, and I'm like, "Wait, where's the second disc? Did I lose it?" Oh man. I found yeah. out that my fellowship DVD extended um, has a, appendix part one and then another appendix part one. And I just had never noticed because. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? I just hadn't. Yeah. And I bought it years ago. So oh. anyway. OK. Production time. Here we go. Same production crew as the previous two movies. So we don't have to go over all of that. The only thing I'm going to add is that it was edited by Jamie Selkirk. Because as we talked about in the other ones, he hired a different editor for each movie. Yeah. So that they could meet all these deadlines. Hmm. Um, the budget, this is it's just so insane to me. Look at that movie. It's a $94 million budget. That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Again, that I always crazy. I always bring up Endgame, and we have talked about it. I love, love, love Endgame. But it's like, look at the budget of that movie. And then look at the budget of this movie and which one looks better. Because they're both like these epic conclusions to series. And it's like, it's no contest. Return of the King looks supremely better than Endgame. As good as Endgame looks. It's just I would just have to, to really think about it. I, I think I agree. I agree that Return of the King looks better. I just have to think about that yeah. in comparison. I would say the slow motion, though, in scenes where they've done the slow motion, I would say that Return of the King it's not as good as Endgame. Well, I've noticed, I think Peter Jackson likes that weird slow motion. Yeah, well, what thing. he what he does in this movie, he doesn't have very many, like, true slow motion shots. But that, what is that called, that other one? Well, basically, he'll shoot it in, like, say, 30 frames a second, and then they slow that mm -hmm. down. Yeah, Whereas, like, it looks in, choppy. Yeah, in Endgame, when they're shooting a slow motion scene, they're probably shooting it at, like, 100, 200, yeah. 1,000 frames a second. Yeah. So when they slow down, it looks really smooth. Yeah. But the, yeah. but I, I do, I feel like this time, because especially uh, when Pippin had the Palantir, they did that effect mm -hmm. a lot. And yeah. I actually liked, I like, I thought that was a good use I did for too. that, for how he was feeling. I Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think that Endgame did the slow-mo a little bit better, like in smooth terms. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say to. different, because it's not, they weren't for, even doing the same technique, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But again, all three of us love Endgame, so we're not bashing Endgame in any no. way. No, right. We're just talking. They're very about different it. movies. Yeah. 
I just think about it because they're both so epic. And the, I feel like Endgame's like the biggest epic movie since yes. Return of the King yes. in terms of scope and yeah. size. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Domestically, the movie makes $377 million. And then this one gets that sweet, sweet B. Nice. Worldwide, it makes $1 billion. $140 million. Holy smokes. And that's 2003 money. You change that to now, and that's probably like, you're getting close to like $2 billion. Yeah. Um, that's insane. <laughs> um, the Battle of the Black Gate was filmed in a former minefield in the Rang Ipo Desert. So um, the New Zealand um, soldiers had to sweep the area for Ooh, mines. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sirith Ungol... you know that they oh. may have missed one. That's why it's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. That, that's why the, all the um, explosions are so realistic. <laughs> <laughs> 1917 has nothing on that. On this like, yeah. All those orcs died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Sirith Ungol stair ledge was built as a wet weather set on a squash court in a hotel in Queenstown. And then on November 24th, 1999, Sean Astin's close-ups on the Sirith Ungol set were shot in what became the first shots to be filmed for The Return of the King. Oh, okay, cool. And then and by that time, Andy Serkis hadn't even been cast as Gollum. That's so crazy. Um, well, and then the yeah, set remained... late. The set remained standing on the squash court, and it was not until a year later, on the 30th of November, 2000, that Elijah Wood's first close-ups were shot on the same ledge. What? Oh. I, I seriously, pr production managers could, like, they, they're just probably some of the smartest people living. Oh, yeah. The organization <laughs> skills? Yeah. I, I can't understand that. Um, and then we yeah, have... that's pretty crazy. Uh, it has the most reshoots of any of the movies. Um, we have Bruce Spence again in this movie, who we've covered in the Mad Max series, and we love Bruce Spence, mm -hmm. and he is the mouth of Sauron. Mm-hmm. And they made his mouth 200% larger mm -hmm. um, with, with CG. It still looks so good. Yeah. It's still like the lips are a little weird, but yeah. I don't care. No. Like it just I really didn't so even cool. notice until that Corridor Crew episode that yeah. they did um, on his mouth. And they really slowed it down. So it's like, yeah. well, of course you're going to see it then more. And all the well, like and did, you're blood that's coming out of his mouth. Out of the black. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 The, yes. That guy. Yeah. So what I noticed last night is, um, and I hadn't noticed this before, you know the like splits in his mouth? Yeah. That go down his chin? When he talks, they widen, and then they, when he's just standing there smiling, they close oh, up again. Just like a real well, cut. Did you notice? Yeah, did you notice that? I'm not sure if I did or not. Oh my gosh, you have to go. I was like, man, that was like such attention to detail. It was perfect and i never noticed it before but it was just i don't know i it was just like hyper i was hyper aware of it yeah last, last night yeah um so then the set for Minas tirith was a miniature that was seven meters tall what is that in feet um really? i i am not sure okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's like well i mean that's taller than our apartment like the building or our apartment? Our apartment. It'd probably be in between this first okay. second story. Cause, That's awesome. I mean, That'd be so fun to work on. I think like an what? average an average size man is like five meters, I think. What is that in feet? So that'd probably I'm be like kidding. 
six like a six foot is like five feet or that something. That is not the average height of a well, man. <laughs> okay. It's smaller. Look it up. Google it. Seven seven meters. Okay, hang on. So that'd be twenty two feet tall. That's tall. Yeah. Twenty two wow. twenty two and eleven point five inches. So basically twenty three feet tall. Yeah. So that's I mean, that's why it looks so good. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then uh, the first time Jackson saw the movie was at the premiere of the movie because of time and yeah, deadlines sure. and reshoots. Yeah. Um, but here's something very interesting that I had no idea. Christopher Lee boycotted the premiere of the movie. Sauron, Sa- Saruman himself, because he did not know until they were getting ready to show the movie that his scene was cut from the movie where he gets killed. Because that's only in the oh, extended version. that is an version. extended scene. That's right. And he felt yeah. like it was such so disrespectful to him and the source material. Yeah. Even though, of course, in the book, it goes much differently. But he was like, everyone's going to be confused about what happened to Saruman. Yeah, well, I, would, I agree know, with that. Christopher Lee actually read, read those books every year for like the last 20 years or whatever. Rebecca, we covered it in our fellowship episode. Come oh, on. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, it's not out yet. <laughs> I would agree, though. I, I agree with Christopher Lee. Yeah, well, and what's... I think it's important. Uh, next next week, we're going to talk about them coming back together, because if you'll remember, Christopher Lee is in the Hobbit movies. Yes. But I'm not going to spoil that now, but cool. I've already done my research on cool. that. And then finally, my last note, until Jordan takes over, this movie was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. And I'm going to list those off, and just so you know, listener... It won all 11 of them. There's only one other movie in the history of the Academy to win as many awards, and that is Titanic. Were, th- were they nominated for 11 awards, too? Ugh, yeah. Okay. Which Titanic should not have. That's a so horrible it's, movie. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, um, Into the West, that song, uh, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. And what is so cool about that is, like this year when Parasite won, it just actually feels like they went, here is the best movie of the year, and we are going to reward it. It's not yeah. like, yeah. it's not them trying to like pick the most mellow, watered-down movie. Yeah. And it's a fantasy action movie. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What I remember seeing that as a kid and just be, it's just your, it's like your favorite team won the NBA finals or the world series. <laughs> yeah. It just was so exciting. But it just goes to prove like even beyond the books, Tolkien is the bar like period. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, he just wrote a story that's so, it's so um, like transcendent mm-hmm. that um, yes. as long as you adapt it well, it's going to resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they adapted it incredibly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, it, it's just cool. I know the Academy kind of wait, they gave fellowship of two towers, a few awards and they were like, yeah, 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 it's good. It's good. But I think they were kind of waiting until return of the King. And they're like, they stuck the landing, give them all of the awards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so totally. <laughs> who do you got for us today, Jordan? Okay. So the first one is the person who plays the witch King, which is John Stevenson. Um, <laughs> he is a, Great A voice actor has done so much Scooby Doo. He's done Charlotte's Web, Transformers, X Men, GI Joe, Johnny Bravo. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> just and Flintstones. Like he goes back because no he was way. born in 1923. No way. Yeah, so he has been Whoa. doing voice. Oh, also Rugrats. 
Rugrats? Yeah. This guy's been such a part of our life even more than we thought. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in everything. He's in everything cartoon-wise, I feel. Actually, yeah. Who was he in the Rugrats? Um, it said voice narrator, but I don't I'm not like clicking oh. on it, so I don't know if he's done more than that. Yeah. Um It's probably one of those things where you would click on his name and it'll list like eight characters, like all the actors right. on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> It'd be interesting. So there's him, and then let me scroll up really quick. And fine. just so you know, Rebecca, we've covered like all the actors throughout, so we're just covering like two right now. So Oh, I was gonna yeah, mention that Brett I figured. Brett McKenzie's in this movie, who's Brett from Flight of the Concords. And yeah. it was Mike and I were like looking at each other and we were like, that is him, right? <laughs> yeah. And we looked it up and we were right. <laughs> he's also in the fellowship, which I couldn't even like he wasn't he does not the same. He's not an elf, I don't think. So I don't know if he's a hobbit or something. Oh, he's not an elf? No, because his only credit in this movie is elf escort. Oh, my gosh. So pretty cool. Huh. Um, okay, let me find. Okay, John Noble plays Denethor, who yeah. is... Oh, he's done voice acting in Bat Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, the... He's in Fringe, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's also in the new show Hunters. He's in Elementary, Silencio, Blacklist... He's a big TV guy. He is a huge. That's like most of his credits. Wait, did He's it did so it say good. who he was in Arkham Knight? Yeah, he is. Sorry, I have to go back. I just have to know. Doctor Jonathan Crane. Dot dot dot. Because I didn't click on it. Oh, the Scarecrow. Ah. Whoa. That's cool. He's Scarecrow, Rebecca, in Arkham Wait. Knight. Really? That's wow, so that's cool. Him? I guess. Yeah, his voice it sounds different in the game then yeah because i wouldn't have guessed him because i love i love him so much he's amazing in everything that he is in and i can't remember i would, couldn't find the person who plays the ghost king oh like, really the, the, i mean not king but the ghost guy i just don't i have no reference oh weird. so he's kind of hard to look up yeah he but that was he the only one i thought of of um i always think it's jeffrey rush me too but it's me not too. But i know I think it's, it's not jeffrey because rush. You, you know you barely see him yeah so i think it, you just see enough that it's like oh it's captain barbosa <laughs> yeah and it's like <laughs> like pirates was coming out around this yes. time so you're like i've seen him as a skeleton it's gotta be captain barbosa yeah, i think it's that too <laughs> so i just always think it's him and then of course watching it now it's like it doesn't even sound like him no not at all so when he when um Aragorn, I know we're not talking about the movie yet, but when Aragorn goes in uh, to the thing to talk to him and he does that laugh thing, that laugh is oh, yeah. so good. It's like <laughs> chilly but awesome at yeah. the same time. Really good. Yeah. It like it anyway. gets into that like kind of Mark Hamill Joker territory yeah. where you're like, yes. oh, this is so unsettling. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best Joker, too, by the way, if everybody needs to know that in the whole wide world. <laughs> Mark Hamill is the best Joker. My favorite's Heath, but Mark is definitely up there. I mean, Heath is like one down from him for me. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? Jared Leto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> He, Heath Ledger's really, I mean, I had seen the Jack Nicholson Joker, but Heath oh, Ledger... Oh, he's good too, though. Jack Nicholson's good. But I, but um, Heath Ledger was like the first Joker that I really like watched that movie, watch it over and Me over too. and over. Yeah. So that's part of it is it's like, 
he's like yeah. the first one that r- really brought me Joker. And I watched the Batman animated series like after well, I graduated best, high school. So yeah. the best line that the Joker ever has is Jack Nicholson's when he goes, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh yeah. That's good. That's the best line. I love that ever for a Joker. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, let's jump into the movie. Okay. Okay. So we start with a scene that says the finding of the ring. Oh yes. This is Deagle and Smeagol. Yes. Jordan. I've been talking so much. Can you take the reins here? There two two uh hobbitses fishing in a river. Mm-hmm. Uh and Deagle catches a fish and it takes him out of the boat and he finds the ring. And I remember as a kid when this was the first scene, I was so excited because I yeah. love Smeagol so much that I was like, oh my gosh, Smeagol backstory. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, you know, Smeagol kills Deagle. Like, without question, without hesitation for the ring. Uh And it slowly shows his, well, not slowly, montage-ish of a progression of him turning into Gollum, which is outstanding. And the the effect when when he's blinking and he blinks and his eyes are Gollum's eyes is probably my favorite effect in the whole series. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. The other... The other thing that I super, super love is the music of the heartbeat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Killing Deagle. It's just like, oh, my gosh. You just feel it's like you can feel the the life come out of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so good that this scene, um, what, like, I think it really caps. I like because in the book, Gandalf just tells him all about Smeagol in the Shire. Mm-hmm. Like, right off the bat, he's like, here's the deal with Smeagol. But I think it was really smart that they saved it for this movie, because one, everyone wanted it. Yeah. And the scene where he's, Mm -hmm. like, in, like, the Grinch kind of makeup and stuff and slowly turning into him is amazing. Yeah. But I think it makes that ending hit so much harder when he falls into Mount Doom, and you see Mm -hmm. that it's, like, this complete arc of, like, Gollum. That was, like, Gollum from beginning to end. And, it like, that obsession right from the get-go of the ring it really yeah. makes for a perfect movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it's wonderful. And I think the other thing when I was watching the end of it last night, um I was specifically thinking this just shows the difference between people's resistance and people's obsessions. Uh-huh. So like it's like an addict. He was addicted to that ring. Yeah. And it's not as easy as saying, "Oh, you just have to choose to quit." Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, we're I'm we're gonna jump around. People have seen this movie, but you know, at the end, should we do when, the same thing where we do one storyline? Let's do that. That that worked really well for two towers. So, which storyline? Well, we do you should just do Sam to? and Frodo. Okay. So. Um, oh. Okay. Yes, on two towers, we we just did it made it one so much time. easier to talk <laughs> about it. Um. Yeah. So we have just Gollum and Sam and Frodo as they're going through this back secret way to get to Mount Doom outside of the um black gate Mm -hmm. and already the colors and the sets are so cool yeah um as they've been throughout the series but then we get to um what is that place minas morgul i think yes yeah yes and it's all green Mm -hmm. yes Anne and i were talking about this my roommate oh my gosh that is like oh it's such a cool aesthetic and it's so scary yeah i 
I'm like so freaked out by that. And also, um, so I, I started I started rereading the two towers, and they mentioned or uh, Tolkien mentions in the two towers that that tower was built by um, uh, the guy who broke the who cut the ring off. I forgot his name. Isildur. Isildur. Yeah, Isildur. he originally made that tower, and then it was corrupted by man. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember that. Yeah. Which interesting. Pretty freaking cool. Yes. And then I'm um, a, a interesting thing to note. So after the Smeagol thing, you know, so it's Sam and Frodo, uh, Sam's trying to get Frodo to eat. Frodo basically hasn't been eating or sleeping. You can tell that the ring's really weighing on him. And, um, Sam gives him food. Frodo asks Sam, aren't you going to eat? And he said, no, I'm good for right now because he's thinking about the return journey. Still, he's yeah. still thinking about it. And then by the yeah. end of their story, when they're at the mountain, uh, Sam finally says, I don't think there will be a return journey. Yeah. So it's, it's just really interesting that it starts that way. It is. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. And then and then we see that, that Gollum is kind of poisoning Frodo's mind against Sam, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. frames him with the Lammas bread, basically yeah. puts it on Sam to oh, wait, show wait. him. What? But before that, you have to talk about the schizophrenic scene. Yeah, when Smeagol with Smeagol and Gollum. And Gollum in the pool of water. Oh, when yeah. When Sam overhears him saying that he's going to kill them. Yeah, but be- even before Sam hears that necessarily, yeah. it was just like, oh my gosh, that scene was... And they do that in The Hobbit, too, which I know is jumping forward, but the scene where they're doing Gollum fighting himself as Smeagol is just so brilliant yeah. and so intense. And... Oh, yeah, it's it, crazy it, that it's oh. so intense and it's just one person acting it. Yeah. And you you yes. get both sides of it. And I love the and set you, of that scene. With the yes. moonlight, it's really good. Yeah. And, and I just love how they do it, they're split and you see that it's him, but then it starts to really, really split and then all of a sudden uh, Gollum is in the water mm-hmm. and Smeagol is him. Right. And then you see them come back together as like one entity thinking about and i would argue Gollum is much more grim in this movie because of what happened in the last movie so when he's in the water his voice is much in a lower register mm-hmm. than smeagol yeah. but of course when it's when it's smeagol leading the hobbits it's smeagol like i mean that's the what he's putting on right but like when yeah. in that scene when he's Gollum, it's like it's all serious now yeah i would say in this movie it propels him to best actor of this film, I think. I would oh. have to think about that. Yeah. But I'm I'm not disagreeing. Because there's so much artistry to developing two separate characters and adding all of that um, different emotion yeah. from even just the two towers to that movie. I think for me, um it's it's like it's basically a tie between everybody, but I <laughs> I think um <laughs> particularly Frodo and Sam shine probably the brightest of any of the other movies because Frodo has like almost no dialogue in the movie. Oh yeah. I noticed that it's all face and acting and like physical acting. And it's just such a powerful performance. And then Sam's frustration. Yeah. And Sam's frustration with like finally coming to grips with what they're doing and, and losing his hope is I mean incredible on for Sean me. Aston. I'm just a sucker for Sam, but especially in this movie, it's he's my favorite. Especially because 
you know, he's he is the hope, providing the hope their whole journey. Yeah. And the yeah. when it gets to when they're at Mount Doom climbing up the mountain and Frodo literally can't move anymore and Sam oh. picks him up. I, I mean, I think oh. I like just started crying from there until the end of the movie <laughs> because because I just because when I was introduced to Lord of the Rings, my my dad introduced it as like this is the best story ever written, one. And then two, J.R. <laughs> yeah. Tolkien was a Christian and this the series has a lot of Christian themes about good and evil. Yes. And then seeing Sam, I, you know, I identify with the hobbits the most and I would, I think a lot of people would too, just because us being children watching these things and they feel like children. So I identify with them. Yeah. Also, they seem the most, they seem the most innocent, mm-hmm. but also it's for Sam. He has the most courage, which yeah. you just, because he's a hobbit, you don't really think about it. Uh-huh. Of course, all of the hobbits have the most courage too. And it's truly realized in this movie yes. of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's get well, back and to it's them. Just that, like the, mo- it's just very telling that the most basic person can have the most amazing destiny mm-hmm. and can change the world. The littlest things can change the world. So they're on the stairwell. He frames Sam and Frodo sends Sam away. Yeah. And then I'm just going to kind of, because this is a long movie. We'll be yeah, here yeah, forever yeah. if we go through yeah. every This scene. is probably the quickest storyline, <laughs> I would say. It really is. And most of it is in the Two Towers book, which is so funny. Yeah. Um, but we, we're just going to skip to Shelob's lair. Okay? Yeah. We're in there. Smeagol leads him through, and then he has the vision of Galadriel and pulls out the star of Elendil, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And he keeps the spider away. The spider looks fantastic. Amazing. I cannot believe how good it looks. Yeah. It, it l- And it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. Like, <laughs> you, you just feel gross watching it. I didn't even want to watch yeah. it. And, <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. But, I, but you can't tear yourself away at the same time. Correct me if I'm wrong, Micah, because you watched the more behind the scenes than I did this time around. But from my memory, isn't there in the special edition discs, they have them studying a tarantula? Um, I didn't see that. Okay, because I just have this memory of them, of like, there's like this huge spider that they're all looking at and studying. Well, I know they they for sure studied tunnel spiders. Um, that makes I don't sense. know if that's the same as I'm what you're I'm assuming they about, got but... a tunnel spider if they got a spider at all. Yeah. But I remember them seeing, like, looking at, at it and probably filming it and taking pictures in. Well, because they nail the movements. And then you can also see, oh. like, some of the steps. You can be like, ooh, that's a real... Um, like leg that they built and they put oh, I didn't it down. really pay attention to stuff yeah. like that, but that's great. Yeah, there's yeah. a few shots where you can see like the physical one, and yeah. when it's blended with the seat, it's oh, but when perfect. Sam is fighting it, I don't even, I can't even tell. No, I can't either. It's yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. And I didn't notice this, but the first time, uh, or this last time, I was like, how did Sam get Frodo's sword? Frodo leaves when he's going through that web stuff, yeah, he drops it, it gets stuck and he he doesn't drop it, it gets but stuck it gets in the web. stuck in the web and he walks away and i was like oh my gosh i never noticed that <laughs> oh before. yeah i always wondered how he got the sword and it's just one of those details that if you're not paying attention you miss it yeah yeah and people are so focused on the spider oh yeah it's a detail that would be easily missed yeah oh it is important to note too in that that scene uh Gollum catches up with frodo and they fight and Gollum falls down a pit and right. then especially being a yeah. nine-year-old watching it for the first time, it's like, oh, thank God, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. 
I just assume he's gone. And then he still comes back. Yeah. He doesn't die. Yeah. Well, we all know from film, if 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 action films and and films like fantasy films have taught us anything, if you fall off something, you do not die. I would say if you don't actually see the person die, they're not dead. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because you know the old emperor fell off a pretty big little thing, and then all of a sudden he shows up. <laughs> That's Star Wars. Although I will Darth have, Maul I got have cut one in minor... half and he survived somehow, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have one minor complaint about the Gollum and Frodo falling off the edge at the end. Like Frodo fell with his feet closer to the edge than his upper body and how did he grab the edge then? That is way that is so yeah, I don't care nitpicky. about that sort of a thing. <laughs> It bugs me because I'm like he couldn't grab. Just the remember, he remember, while that physically might not make sense, this is a fan, and I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> towards the like fiction. We all know it's fiction. That's not what I'm talking about, but it's uh, fantasy. Yeah, that, I know, that's how I. Because when I see stuff like that, it's like throw it out. Just don't even like let it yeah. enter your brain. Of course, other things can, you know. If anyone's listened to our podcast, I can be so nitpicky too. Yeah. I'm not, it's, it's yeah. just oh, so, yeah. it's so easy, but for ever, for some reason, every once in a while, it's like, yeah, I don't care about that one thing. Yeah. A lot of, a yeah. lot of stuff, like, I don't know. I just don't, a, a lot of that's like just the moviness of like making something a little more intense, you know? And so if that anything, doesn't bother me. Cause typically. if you think about it, so, okay. If you want to talk about the fall, they could have shot, <laughs> t- done 17,000 takes of him falling 17,000 different ways. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that it came down to, they want you to really think that he fell mm-hmm. and there was no chance. Yeah, so if they, probably. if they really wanted to get the physics right, they would have done something different, right. but they wanted you to think that he yeah. really fell. Yeah. Yeah. And I know all of that. Yeah. I, I yeah. Just... Rebecca <laughs> apologize. <laughs> no, it's not like the CGI horse riding where I ca- like can't stop thinking about it. It's just one of those things that I notice every time I oh, see yeah, it. Totally. Like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, they did that, and that's weird. Yeah, I yeah. get that for sure. <laughs> um, so Shelob gets Frodo. Its stinger is nasty. Gross. It's really gross. Oh yeah. It sticks him, and he, yeah. he goes limp. She puts him in a web, and then like we I mentioned, love the Sam comes. Where it's spinning the web. That yeah. is so cool. Very cool. Um, Sam comes, fights her, bests her. And uh, just such a sad moment when he's trying to get Frodo to wake up and he assumes he's dead. Oh, and it's yeah. like, who oh. could blame him? Yeah. Who really could blame Rip him? Rip your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> so he, orcs come, carry Frodo away, and they say that he's still alive. And then you're just like sitting in your seat watching and you're like, what? <laughs> but it's like, you can't blame yeah, Sam. You get that far. Yeah, totally. And so, then he wakes up in the tower. Yes. And um, I remember this video, this level in the video game is really fun because you just fight so many orcs and you can get your XP up way high, yeah. especially if you stay yeah. in the main courtyard and kill all of them. You can go up like three or four levels <laughs> yeah. on this one. Um, and, it, you know, once you finish the game, you can play any character. It's just a great place to respawn and just, you know, up up Legolas or Gimli or whatever. Yeah. Um, and my favorite line from Sam out of all the movies is where he's like, this one's for the Shire. This <laughs> one's for Frodo. And this one's for my own comfort. No, he <laughs> says my old gaffer. Yeah. My old gaffer. He's or, talking about his dad. Whatever. <laughs> you got your line well, wrong. He, no, no, no. No, he does say that this one's for my own comfort. No, he does. It, it says my old gaffer. He says my old gaffer. He just says the three. <laughs> you got to watch it again. No, he, he does. He 100% does. <laughs> 
we'll we'll uh you'll have to put it in and do the subtitles and tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, that's the way to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was funnier until now. <laughs> um so Sam gets up there and <laughs> so okay. I seriously have always thought that he said this one's for my own comfort. Yeah, no, my old gaffer. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like that. So he took on a different uh, accent or something. So Frodo wakes up <laughs> and he he doesn't have the ring, and he's hearing the orcs talk about this precious item. And I didn't realize until this movie that Frodo th- would think that they're th- talking about the ring. <laughs> yeah. I'm always just thinking he's just freaking out about the ring, and he's not even listening to them. <laughs> Come on, there's one more layer to that. So he's freaking out, and then. Like we just said, Sam comes up, kills that last orc, and saves Frodo. And Sam took the ring off of him because mm-hmm. he thought he was dead. Yes. And they have a little tension-filled moment of Sam not being sure about giving the ring back to Frodo because of its power. Yeah. Very well done because Frodo takes it and he says, it's my burden to bear. Yeah. And it's just solidifying that that is the truth. Yeah. But it is interesting to note that he does. Sam doesn't seem to have any physical issues bringing the ring to him. No, which is but I, I an interesting feel like, thing about his character. Well, yeah, I would think that it would be because one, Frodo's been carrying it the longest, but also it is his burden, and the right. ring knows that he will do it. Right, and like Sam yeah. having it, you, I think you could kind of see in that quick ten seconds that Sam could easily, like, potentially be easily persuaded to not, yeah. destroy it. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm not. I think Frodo's the only one that could have done it, especially because yeah. Galadriel says. Exactly. If he fails, isn't the makeup no crazy on his neck from it's, the chain? It's nuts. It's yeah. him and Sam. By the time they make it to the the Mount Doom, like where the lava's at, it is. They look so bad. It's insane. Yeah, really it, good job. Yeah, it's nice to see a movie where they're not just like all in makeup and they just arrive and they have like one scuff mark and they're yeah. like, oh wow, I'm really tired. Oh yeah. But, Which is like every Marvel movie yeah. ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although Downey looked bad when he was in the ship. Um, oh, he at did. At the beginning of the yeah. end game. That was but like, that's because they were starving. <laughs> yeah. um, but then we go to, they kind of sneak through the land of Mordor and all the orcs, orcs are moving to the Black oh, Gate. Yeah. And they dress up as orcs. And there's that crazy, like, huge orc that has no nose. It looks like it's burned off. And one white eye. Amazing. Yeah. He was so crazy scary. He was cool. Yeah. Um, and then they slowly make their way up the mountain. You know, it's more of a physical and the ring weighing down Frodo. And they, they do so good showing it that it actually looks like he has like a 30 pound dumbbell connected to his neck. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of that's the acting. He pro- yeah, yeah. Really good. So And I think he had kind of been an underestimated actor in some respects until this movie. I think he still is. I don't, people don't really it's talk be, about him Well, think much, about it. We, Cause know? we talked about this in the first movie when we went over him. Yeah. I mean, he's been acting since he was a child. So right. everyone's always known about yeah. him. I think this is when everyone knew about him and like, Oh, this is undisputed, undisputedly great. But ever since Lord of the Rings, yeah. he has chosen to do weird things. I That's don't think true. it's because he can't get yeah. a job. I he, think he it's the, he's choosing to do weird stuff. It's like what Daniel Radcliffe has done. Exactly. Since. I think I and I don't yes. even it doesn't yeah. even feel like he's doing it because he doesn't want to be remembered at Frodo, as Frodo. I think he does it because he's just more interested in doing indie stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because he's done his big budget well, and then thing. He did that TV show for a Wilfred, while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. And he's such a horror guy, so, so he yeah. like likes to do horror stuff. Um, but anyway. Which was great for yeah. Jordan growing up and getting really into horror and just following Elijah Wood on that journey. <laughs> really great. So what is, the, what is the first film that you ever saw him in? Probably Huckleberry Finn. The Adventures of Huckleberry oh. Finn. Mine would have been Free Willy, okay. I think. Free Willy? He was in Free Willy. You're thinking Flipper. Or Flipper. Yeah, Flipper. Yes, Flipper. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was a huge Martinez movie. Really? We watched that all the time. And especially after watching oh. Lord of the Rings, we watched it even more. <laughs> well, I guess maybe I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I watched it even more. <laughs> Who is he in it? He's Huckleberry Finn. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> um. Okay, we make it to the same place where Elrond told um, Isildur. Isildur to throw the ring in. And Sam's like, throw the ring in, what are you doing? And Frodo says, no. Yeah. And that's a pretty insane moment. Even now, you're like, N- are you serious? You went all this way and you're about to turn around? Yeah. And he looks possessed. He yeah. Does. He looks very Gollum-like. It's so cool. Yeah. And it is crazy it's to cool. think that because the the ring's been fighting him this whole time and to think that it's probably at its strongest right where it's the one place you can destroy it yeah and that it could co- corrupt any person at that state Ugh. yeah really good and then Gollum comes out of nowhere after he puts the ring on attacks him and there's kind of this goofy he he looks a little goofy i don't know how I else think he, he could have done it but it, i don't know no no he looks good it's just it always kind of makes me chuckle in my brain because oh. he's just on top of this invisible thing. I never, I've never even felt that way at all. It always just is so great to me. I would not change it. I'm not I saying it's bad. I know you're not bad. saying that. I know. It's just always kind of like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like Gollum, this character that I really love is, looks like he's being controlled by a puppet right now. I think I've always been so caught up in the moment. I've never even considered <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and then he bites his finger off. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Oh, like, think about it. Thing. It's a PG-13 movie. Like, let's just say that's pretty graphic. Yeah. But the fact that it was when he was yeah. invisible, he could have like torn off his own his whole arm and it still would have made it because you didn't see it happen. That, like, it's that's really true. interesting to think about. Yeah. But then, of course, you see his bloody stump and it's disgusting. Yeah. And then that amazing shot where it, where it goes through the ring and it pulls up. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, I have it. And he starts dancing. And... It's just like evil wins. That's how you, that's how it feels. Yeah. And then um, yes. Frodo fights him, and then he they both fall off. Yep. And then inexplicably, Frodo hangs onto the edge, which I've always had a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, this is another thing. Okay, so Sam helps him up, and no, he's he's telling him like, "Don't you let go?" But this is oh, this is yeah. the same thing that Frodo did to Sam in the Fellowship. When Sam oh, came yeah. and he was drowning, Frodo saved him. And it's just rolls reversed. Oh my gosh. So good. I totally forgot yeah, about that. This is the first time I've made that connection. But it's like, that is so beautiful. Well, and and one of the beautiful moments about it, I think, is Frodo. I couldn't remember if Sam either just kind of leaps down and grabs him or if Frodo does yeah. do it. Um, and I was like, man, uh, if Frodo reaches, that shows so much about his character. Because this will be the first time since the two towers that he has any hope if he reaches mm-hmm. for Sam's hand. Because mm-hmm. he is—he truly has yeah. lost hope in him, in his life. And then remember, like, right before that, they're walking up to the mountain. And Sam's like, Frodo, do you remember the Shire? And he's saying all the tiny little things about the Shire. And Frodo's like, I don't even remember what grass feels like. Oh, my or gosh. Or what food tastes well, like. And he even asked him... First, he asked him, "Do you uh, do you remember the strawberries?" And yes. He's 
I can't remember the tape. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can't remember. All I see is darkness. Yeah. And oh. So then when they get out and they go on, to, so it's, you know, volcano exploding and they go out onto that rock. Frodo says, Sam, do you remember the Shire? Because he can now see everything again. Yeah. And I also, I, I mean, like I said, pretty much crying from here on out. But when Sam starts talking about Rosie, <laughs> Oh I like goodness. really got emotional for that. Yeah. That was, it's just so sad and so sweet. But I do want to back up. Yeah. Okay. The ring lands in the fire. Gollum, oh, yeah. When you were a kid, were you freaking out at this part? Because I was like, yes, because it sits there for so long and I'm like, wait, it can't be destroyed? Yeah. Like that's the message as a kid I'm getting. Yeah. I'm like, it can't be destroyed. And then it lights up and I'm like, it's getting powerful. Like, Saur- like somehow Sauron is about to like come up Use out of the it. lava or something like that. And I, as a child, you know, I, I was freaking out. I think I was, um, I would have been 10. I would have turned 10 yeah. when we saw this movie. And you, you're not old enough to like, like call the shots. You know, you, you don't know what writers are setting up when you're 10 years old. Yeah. Although it's still, even to this day, it's like, that is so long. Is it going to melt? <laughs> I know. But here's what's really cool. So as a kid, you guys, you guys way overthought. Oh, totally. <laughs> we were hanging on every even thread. I was in. Even though I was in seventh grade when it came out, I was kind of well, like... You would have been 14, okay? Oh, dang. Dang. No, 13. But, um, dang. Uh, this is re- literally what I thought. What a horrible way for Gollum to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember thinking that, too, when he went in the lava. And I'm like, ow, I feel like I can almost feel that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care about the ring at this point. That's just a horrible way to die. It is die. crazy that when he does fall, his reaction is he his eyes are still on the ring. Yes. Even to death. And he's trying to hold it up. He, yeah. he wants a ring to survive. Yeah. But let's, let me take you behind the curtain because I never knew this. All the lava that you see in the movie, <laughs> that's CG, right? What, is, what do they do? No, mm-hmm. it's not. What it's they do? not CG. So they, they just combined a what? bunch of different elements and then they had another miniature set with like the rocks and stuff like that and then they would flow oh. it through those things. What do you mean elements? What is um, that? I don't remember, but it's like a bunch of heated up stuff that looks like lava. And then they go down this slope and then Shut the, up. I think That's it cool. takes them like two or three hours to reset it. So that if, makes sense. So then to do each shot, you're you know, you're talking about like probably a month of shooting to get all the lava. They when they had close ups on Frodo wow. in there and the lights are like flashing on his face and everything, all that stuff was so good. Yeah. But for close ups especially. And then yeah. let me tell you another thing they did. The ring that's burning in the fire, you're thinking, yeah, that's definitely a fake ring. It has to be. How would they do it? It's not a fake ring. That's cool. Now, of course, I'm, but I'm is sure... Is the writing real? I was going to say, I'm <laughs> sure that the writing is fake, but they had all different types of rings, and then yeah. they have a camera set up, and then they have stuff that looks like... Or they, they have, like, heated up stuff that can burn metal. Yeah. And then they just tried it with all mm-hmm. the different types of rings until... Jackson chose which one he liked. Isn't it crazy that, um, th- like, I would th- maybe say really bright colors always uh-huh. look fake, even in real life. Yeah. Like, lava kind of looks fake. Yes. So when you're telling me it's real, it's like, wow, that's crazy. Because <laughs> I just assume that, <laughs> that it's fake. Also with lava, so you would assume it's just fake. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. And, of course, it's not real lava. But no, it, I know it is, that. But yeah. something that looks it's like practical. it. It's practical. It's a practical special effect. Yeah. Which is just... So Frodo and Sam get saved by the That's eagles, crazy. but let's save the last part for, for the later. End. Yes. <laughs> now we're at Isengard. Okay. Uh, we're with Treebeard, the uh, the other two hobbits, um, Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, 
and they head to the, the tower, or think, and they get it all meet up, and Sauron dies after he gets pushed by Wormtongue. Right before that, I gotta say, the part where Merry and Pippin are smoking the uh, pipe weed, pipe yeah, and stuff. It's yeah, pipe weed. That is just such like a nice little. I know it's kind of at the beginning, but it's such a nice little respite from all the doom yeah. and gloom and yeah. the for forbearing of the uh, all the war and everything that's coming up. It's just I thought it was a very very nice little refreshing. I know. I'm like I'm glad someone got to, to take a rest. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, for them. Yeah, and just have a little bit of a lightheartedness yeah. because you knew the storm was coming. Yeah. yeah, that's I'm glad you brought that up because that is it's also just very cute. And it's like throughout the whole series they always do little things to remind you of the Shire so you never lose sight of like why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they go to the party or whatever and they're right. dancing yeah. on the table and him and they're singing and you just you wish you knew the song so you yeah. can sing along. <laughs> right. Really good. Um but then they get the Palantir Yes. And then we go to, which I don't know that I ever connected this because I never, I don't think I ever watched Two Towers and Return of the King this close together, but th- they're just at Edoras again. Yeah. They're in the oh, hall. Oh, you never, you never made that wait, connection? Wait, wait. You're going to, you're going to skip past Wormtongue taking out, uh. I did mention it. I Star mentioned Wars? it and then you started talking about the Hobbits. So then I just skipped ahead. Oh, well. It's a very cool sorry. scene. It's like that one and the mouth well, of Sauron are like, it is kind of confusing why you cut those. Yeah. Out of everything. Well, yeah. I, I like, and I really like that scene just because it shows that he felt so betrayed. And even though they were trying to get information out of Saruman, Wormtail at the, or Wormtongue at the end of it was like, this is not Harry Potter. <laughs> um, Wormtongue at the end. <laughs> At the end of it was like, you could just see it on his face from like, I have given my whole life and devotion to you at the expense of my people. And you slap me in the face and now I will kill you for it. And it's just, it's awesome. I love that like last minute redeeming quality about him before he dies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say as, as far as the adaption of the book goes, I think they've really made a wise decision um, including the scene and then not doing the sc- mm-hmm. scourging of the Shire or the scouring of the Shire. Yeah. It would have just been yeah, too long. I agree. And it's, I love that chapter in the book. I think it's really interesting that Sauron goes back to the Shire and takes it over and destroys it. Yeah. Um, but as far as the yeah. movie goes, it's, it's too much. And you've already like, you already feel good by the time they destroy the ring. There's no need to do that. Yeah. So that's just smart of them and to cut it. they kind of alluded yeah, to they it do. when he was with Galadriel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you do see it in a way. Rebecca, we talked about that on the Fellowship <laughs> episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why you should have had me on all three. Oh, okay. Now I understand. <laughs> um, okay, so then they go back to, what's the place called again? Edoras. I always just refer to all of it as Rohan. Yeah. That's just easier. It's in me. Rohan, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So they, they go back there, Merry and Pippin are there, and so is that when they all are, are celebrating because of the Battle of Helm's Deep, and they're also mm-hmm. doing it in memory in commemoration of the people who died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love that scene. It's, it's in a way kind of like what you said, Rebecca, it's like they, they kind of take a moment to revel 
in victory. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love. Even though yeah, it's And I love the Gimli and Legolas drinking game. Oh, that's so, so funny. Funny. <laughs> it, it reminds <laughs> me of the that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where um, Marianne is drinking with that guy in the bar. Oh, yes. Um, and he he's like he's like gonna beat her because you know she's a girl and he's this big like Napoleon guy that like is definitely gonna beat her and everyone's cheering him on and betting and she's faking like she's so drunk and then he oh, falls I remember over what you're talking and she's about. like okay cool pay up but fellas all right and you need to leave my bar it's closed now yeah <laughs> yeah. I, like, well, and I, Legolas is like, I think I feel something. <laughs> yeah, so fingers. good. It's and like, oh my gosh, like, an elf got drunk, kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all those, all those things, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that, Rebecca, the, the tingling, because all those things really just make this world so much richer. Yeah. Um, just those little and tiny more... details are like, that's so cool. Yeah. The elves can't get drunk very easily. That's a fun detail. And it makes it makes it kind of relatable in a weird way, even though it's fantasy and it's not really relatable. It makes yeah. it totally. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that night when they're sleeping, Pippin gets the Palantir from Gandalf. Cause he hasn't been able to stop thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um, so he sees the eye of Sauron, he touches it and it's, you know, controlling him and it, um, and in a way it like sees into his, what, like what he's been experiencing and seeing, which gives Sauron information. Yeah. Um, but doesn't he also mm-hmm. see something as well? I can't remember. He, he might not. I know he Aragorn sees that does. they're moving on Gondor. That's what it is. So um, what's kind of interesting about Pippin, like like Gandalf gets so mad at Pippin, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, after they find out that Sauron is moving on Gondor, that's when they make all their decisions. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Pippin's action, while not good winds up being good fortuitous in a way and it's perfect it's really good storytelling that gandalf and pippin have to spend so much time together Uh because their characters are so so much tension between them yeah um and i think it goes to show like even from the minds of moria to now that he has like that is part of his character to kind of befuddle mm -hmm. things oh totally Yeah. yeah so it would make sense that he would be the one to do that mm hmm yeah, yeah. But it helps Frodo because it helps create somewhat of a distraction uh, before the main distraction with uh, the King of Gondor. Yeah. And then we have, so Gandalf and Pippin leave, and then um, we have our main uh, uh, Aragorn and all of them. With Mary. With Mary. Um, there's the Eowyn stuff that's kind of sitting there, but there's also Arwen is finally like for sure deciding mm-hmm. i mean at some point in the movie i don't remember exactly when like no i'm gonna stay she has here. the dream she sees that's the right dream. and that's when we see brett from flight of the concords brett. um and then elrond reforges elendil mm-hmm. which is a cool scene where you're just like oh here mm-hmm. we go yeah, let's really do cool. this really good another yes. good adaption note that happens at the beginning of Fellowship. Yeah. I'm glad that they saved it for this movie because it, it feels bigger when, yeah. when he uses that when he's with the um, in the ghost world. Yeah, totally. When, he's, when he goes to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, a Lord of the Rings Haunted Mansion would be cool. <laughs> that would um, be cool. So. Like a haunted castle. <laughs> so Gandalf yeah. and Pippin. Haunted Gondor. They go to Gondor. Or no, they go to Minas Tirith. Same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so they meet with Denethor, who is Boromir's father, who we saw in the last movie, Extended Edition, that he favored Boromir over Faramir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Pippin, not listening to Gandalf, talks, and he tells uh, Denethor, like, that I am now in your service to repay your son's death. Yeah. Which I just remember being like, oh, you idiot. Yeah. Don't say anything. Um, anyway, though. But it does show that he has honor. He's not totally. just like a little no, fool. No, it's good. It's just like, listen to people when they tell you to not talk. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt. Well, and the look on Gandalf's face, just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. he is such yeah. an idiot. And uh, I like that <laughs> like, they do take a moment. Because um, I think when Mary held the Palantir, he saw a white tree. So then yes. they go to they go to Minas Tirith and he sees the white tree and Gandalf mentions how it's not bloomed for a long time. But yeah. they, they mm-hmm. still have hope that someday it will. And then when you meet Denethor, it's like, no, they don't have hope. Yeah. Because Denethor doesn't have hope. Yeah. Um, really nice touch. Which the song that he sings to Denethor while he's eating is I love that song yeah, me so too. much. It's so and his voice is so... I don't know if it was actually his real voice or not, but whoever was singing it, it was such a unique... Like, it, it, his voice is unique, and I really yeah. like it. I think it, it was his voice, though. It, sound, I think it, it really sounds like it. But him. fun little side note. Yeah, it So does. fun little side note. In college, one of my professors, who was a really eccentric, fun guy, he would cancel classes on a nice day so that he could take his Honda motorcycle out fishing. And he also was building a seismograph to measure earthquakes. Just a really fun guy. Okay. But he w- would watch 30 minutes of Lord of the Rings every night. What? That's what he's told us. He watches what? 30 minutes of Lord of the Rings, like in bed, going to bed. Um, I don't know if this is... That's what he every said. I think, I'm assuming he was going through a phase. <laughs> um, but he <laughs> said that one night he fell asleep while watching it and I'm pretty sure it's Return of the King and then when he woke up again it was the credits and there was the most beautiful voice singing and he thought it was Billy Boyd I don't think it was uh-huh. but I think he thought that it was maybe that song extended uh-huh. and he played it for us in class because uh-huh. he just loved it so much <laughs> and it pertained he was a philosophy professor but also taught some physics too for like Uh gen ed so it really pertained well i guess you could he could argue that it pertains to philosophy in some way however it it related to nothing we were talking about he just really wanted to share the song that's so funny and it was just so sweet that is so awesome yeah he was a good professor (laughs) is that the song that won the oscar i don't know i don't know what it's called okay Uh, the one in the credits i don't know No, i mean the one pippin sings i don't know what that one's called okay maybe i'll see if i can Look I'm assuming up, it could be an, an Enya song. Up. Oh, well, it's called No More Despair, I think, because that looks like one of the scene titles. What was the name of the song? that The, the song it that was, won was Into was the West. So, so It must have been something. On, it probably Just, was. Yeah. And I really liked how he, in that scene, in those scenes in particular, Denethor is eating, and at first, it's just like the tomato mm-hmm. juice running down his chin, but then it looks like it's turning into blood as the horses and the riders and the guys are getting shot and killed. Very well done. That is just so well done. And it, it's again, it's one of those details you wouldn't think about automatically, but then as you're watching it, it just flows so perfectly. And it just shows how much dedication they put into making this film into something you've never seen before or experienced before. Yeah. And, 
And one thing that uh, we should mention is that Denethor, I mean, that's got to be up there for some of the best food eating I've seen in a movie. Yes. Like, he's probably top yes. five. Um, I think Still below George Costanza, but... Yes, but he's in TV, so he's yeah. king of that. Um, <laughs> what What's the... One of the Bong Joon-ho movies, Kang Ho Song... Okay, well, any movie that Kang Ho Song is in, I'm pretty sure he just eats a ton. Yeah, but I feel like, is it Parasite where he does like some master class on eating? He eats a lot in Parasite and uh, The Host. The yeah. Host, he eats a lot. Yeah. Especially I mean, that last shot of the movie. Yes. I don't He's remember just, the last that, shot that of the movie. That man knows how to eat on camera. He really does. But he also eats a lot in Taxi Driver. Yes. He's I think. Just so good. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough competition. Denethor, as far as evil eating goes, he's number one. Sure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I sure. think it's got to go to Parasite or the host. Kang Ho Song is king of eating on camera. Love it. I, yeah. But I c- king of all is George Costanza. And I have not seen that, so I can't say anything. Oh, to that. well. Just take our word for it. Great yeah. eater. <laughs> and, and, and go enjoy the movies. You'd love both of them. They're <laughs> yeah. both awesome. Um, yeah, I need to watch Okay, so sure. Pippin is in service to him. Uh-huh. Gandalf, the, the kind of the big reason of going there is that, you know, to. Ministerth call to action. They're coming for you guys. We need to all be ready for battle. Mm-hmm. And of course, like we just said, Denethor is mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't care anymore. With some great acting on the food. Oh. Yeah, talked about it. <laughs> um, and then Faramir, really great scene with Faramir and Denethor when Faramir tells him, like, you wish that I had died in Boromir's, instead of Boromir. Yeah. And then he said, like, I can't, you know, I can't totally remember exactly, but pretty much like, where would, where am I needed? You know, because he's the son of the steward. So like, if Denethor dies, Faramir is the next steward. Yeah. So like, but pretty much Denethor yeah. says with a look, pretty much, I want you on the front lines because I would rather you be dead. Yeah. So that's where Faramir goes. Yeah. And then they march off. And what's interesting is that I think it's in the Two Towers or maybe it's in the Fellowship. I can't remember where Faramir. Two Towers. Um, and you in the extended and you see kind of the disconnect between mm-hmm. him yeah. and Denethor, but you feel it. In Absolutely. This yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he goes back off because his dad is like, you know, you let Osgilia fall, even yeah. though they had, they stood no chance. And he's like, you have to ride back out and do it. So they do. Um, yeah. and they get massacred. They get massacred and Faramir gets sent back unconscious, but alive. And yes. this is when Denethor attempts to kill him. Yes. And himself. His it, grief has completely consumed him at this point. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes into something that you were just saying, that it's like it's like he, he couldn't imagine a world where Faramir is the steward. So he would rather they both just burn alive and someone else rules yeah. Gondor because he, he doesn't want his son to rule that much. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and he like becomes deranged Yes, by yes. It. He's got a great performance in this movie. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love it. And um, I love his outfits. His outfits are on point. Yeah. Love them. Really good. Um, but <laughs> yes. yeah, so Pippin's witnessing this and he's trying to get it to stop. Obviously, he can't do very much. So he gets Gandalf. And I think it's within this time that we see a, a, a flower. One flower has bloomed on the tree. Oh my gosh. So Which poignant. is like yep. the most crazy time of the movie for us to be shown that. Yeah. Because it's all doom and gloom. And you're like, oh my gosh. The hope yeah, is yeah. Still there. It's so still there. Come so on, good. We got this. And meanwhile, we've also had like all the armies of Sauron are coming. Yes. And they have crazy huge mm-hmm. trolls. They have these catapults. They're launching the heads of people mm-hmm. over the edge. And 
earlier Denethor had been like, everyone abandon your your station. Yeah. L- run there for is your no lives. Hope. Yeah. And Gandalf is like, no, yeah. we are going to like stop this. And Gan I love Gandalf in this movie because he's a little bit like he's kind of that that Dumbledore in- energy where he's like angry. Yeah. He has anger and he's righteous like, anger. Yeah. He's yeah. not gonna be passive about this situation. Right. This this is wrong and I'm gonna take care right. of it. Right. And I love that. I'm gonna take care of it until Aragorn yeah, gets here. First, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because first he was kind of like, I'm the knowledgeable wizard and I will help you and I will help form things and I will do what I can. Now it's like, okay, no, this is I'm just I gotta do this because obviously you guys are right. just yeah. being dumb. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um and then also we didn't mention it. It's just so such a powerful scene when Pippin goes up and lights the thing. Oh, lights the beacons. The beacon and then that yes! great montage of all of it. Then it gets, you know, to um Rohan. They uh-huh. see it. And they because right be, you know, before that Theoden's like, why would we answer to Gondor when they have never given us aid? Mm-hmm. And then when the beacons are lit, Theoden answers the call. Yes. Because he's a good king. Some of the most beautiful cinematography. Totally. In the Amazing. Whole yeah. Really, really good. It makes you want to go to New Zealand. <laughs> I know right it does. Um, so, yeah. So, meanwhile, this stuff is going on with Denethor. The writers of Rohan are answering the call. Yeah. They are on their way. Um, and then that's when we kind of briefly talked about how, like, Eowyn comes anyway. Well, she yes. comes because it is, it's like she's supposed to come on the eve of battle. But Mary comes too. Well, and they come. Remember, they come despite the fact that Gondor doesn't yes. come for yeah. them. Really great. Um, so yeah, they they go and they they camp on the eve of battle. Yeah. So they they spend some time there. Pretty much, that's when the the sword comes back to Aragorn, and that's when also Elrond tells him that Arwen is going to die if if the darkness wins because she is now bound to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The stakes are even higher. <laughs> um. So just yeah. Nothing like love totally. to motivate So you. basically you get to a point where Aragorn knows that he needs to go talk to the ghosts. Yes. And Legolas and Gimli come with him, of course. And this is where... Well, I think it's it's deeper than that because this is the point where he realizes I do have to mm-hmm. become king. Right, right. I have to take my seat in my rightful... And not only that, spot. he knows that they if they don't get any extra help, even beyond the grave, they will not win. Yeah, because then, not, admit, yeah. not not enough yeah. people have answered the call. And this is this is where like Peter Jackson's filmmaking of like being a like strange kind of horror weird director really mm-hmm. shines in this scene in particular, mm-hmm. where they go through and you know yes. of course he does get the aid and there's the skull like waterfall that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, um, stressful part yes. of the video game. Yeah, yeah, when you have to run out. <laughs> yeah before it all yeah. Yeah. Um, so they do do it and he uses his sword and stops the ghost sword very cool which I never I think because I just never paid attention too much about what these ghosts what their story was yeah so it's like you know they they didn't call to they didn't come to Gondor's aid at the time so a sealed door cursed them yes and the only way that they can pass on is if they answer a call from the king of Gondor yes and especially it's the heir of a Sildor, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I can't. Uh, it's been a really long time since I've read all the books. Um, but I think they talk about them specifically more in the Silmarillion. That would make sense. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they do. But 
I can't remember. That might be a little bit earlier than them because I know that there's like four ages and I think the Silmarillion is the first or second age. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, and the men came, men came in the second age, I think. I, I, I can't remember. It's been a very, very long time since I've read the earlier yeah. books. But um, it does, there is one of the books. It might be the Children of Hurin. Uh, but anyway, one of them does specifically talk about those battles and them a little bit more. So in these films, they kind of have to like do a rush job a tiny bit in explaining what happened. So you don't really get a full picture of them necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I think you get what you need to get. Yeah. You know, so they, they get out of the. They they run out of the collapsing cave just in time to see all of the the boats of bad guys yeah. coming to the war, um, and th- that's a, that's a moment where you see all hope lost in Aragorn. Yeah, and it's very rare to see that, so it's yes. like scary to see that. But then when the ghosts show up, they take over the ships. It's like oh, and cool. let's mention on the ship is Peter Jackson. Yeah. he gets a. Uh, arrow to him and then also it has like most of the producers to the movie <laughs> oh that's cool yeah so I there's like, like there's like three or four of the other other and like assistant director and stuff are in <laughs> it so fun. like all those face shots yeah of like the close-ups most of those are people who are like pivotal to the production of the films. oh that's fun i like that they yeah. did that oh hey if it's if it's that epic of a movie you gotta totally. get in it oh somewhere. yeah <laughs> yeah um so then we go. And, oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. there's just there's just a huge battle on Gondor. Yeah. Just, and what's crazy about this movie is there's a battle in Osgiliath. There's uh-huh. a battle in Gondor. There's a battle at the, at the Black Gate. Uh-huh. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you're ever gonna make an epic movie, just study this movie. Watch it a thousand times because it is never boring. Yeah. No. It is never boring. No. And it, this movie never From feels like to cinematography. Yeah, it never feels like they're just spending a lot of time just showing off the action. They are, but that n- it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're just there in the battle. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. if I can, and I know you'll disagree on some of this, I think the Ollie fonts look amazing. Yeah, uh, the the fallen down one is a practical one that they actually built. Yeah, um, yeah. the Nazgul. And their dragons look unbelievable. Yes. Um, they look better than like any of the dragons that were in Game of Thrones. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Which came out, you know, 10, 15 years later. It yeah. is a TV budget. And I didn't watch the whole show. I only watched I the first three seasons. The but I did see a couple dragons and they looked okay. Yeah. You know, um, and it is a TV budget. So, and a TV time production. So the Oliphants, I was thinking about that specifically. The Oliphants, yes, they look very well, but I don't think long term they will age super well as they become more and more obsolete in CGI as it improves. Yeah, I just, because it's been almost 20 years that like, there's, throughout re-watching all three of these movies, there's only probably like 10 shots that I think look more toward the air of bad. Mm-hmm. As far as the CG goes, no, I would agree. So with that. to me, I don't yeah, think I they agree. will age. I think the elephants w- have and will continue to age well because I I just assume that they really focus on the weight of them, so how they move, um, yeah. and I think that they continue 
they still move very much like they actually would. And then I feel like the other really important yeah. thing, it's an elephant. You got to put wrinkles on it. So they, yeah. they did make yeah. sure to include all of those wrinkles. And then not only that, they're constantly moving. So they're never just standing and you're looking at it, which doesn't give you a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. Cause it's all action. Yeah. So I think that all of those things combined. Yeah. It really didn't bug me as much as I thought. It yeah, I, I thought that it actually might look worse. So. I thought so too. I thought we were going to be a little like, Ugh. yeah, but it looks but, great. Legolas on it wasn't the, one the thing, best, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the worst part about it is actually Legolas going down the, the trunk of the one sure. yeah. than anything yeah. else. Like that looked ridiculous and it looks worse and worse every year. That, that one's it, just fun to me. By. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like it. Yeah. Um, yeah but then the other thing i do want to talk a little bit about and rebecca just don't even say anything okay um okay i won't the horses um and all the cg horses i was even looking for them and for the most part except for a select few times they like got the physics because they motion captured horses doing all these movements and when they're filling out the battle scene and when it's when it's really close you can kind of see but when it's further out nah Mm-hmm. Not for me. Oh, I I completely agree with you, actually. So, and like when the Nazgul is swooping down and mm-hmm. grabbing the horses, it's like it's so fast too that yeah, it's yeah. so fast you'd have to go frame by frame to be like okay, you know. And who's gonna do that? Quarter crew. That's it. So I agree. I agree with you completely. It's the close up riding, and it's the human. right. Yeah. Oh, that is what you said. Their yeah. movements are yeah. okay. Okay, I see. So, um, yeah. I I. Think I really love that they took a moment for King Theoden to give a rousing like kind of speech before like a brave they went. Heart speech. Yeah, like before they went off into battle. Yeah, very well done. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Really well done. I did not know that they actually got two hundred and fifty horses for this <laughs> yeah. scene. Yeah, uh, and but they multiplied it to two thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I couldn't even. What? That's crazy. What's, what's cool is a lot of the shots of him with confirming watching the behind the scenes. It is that actor riding the horse in a lot of it. Yeah. Like that rousing speech is that yeah. actor. Yeah. And some of the stuff where he doesn't have a helmet on, it's him. Well, they had to ride a lot of those. Like uh, Aragorn, he's an accomplished horse rider yeah. anyway. But he spent hours and hours. He even bought somebody, one of the, I think it was one of the stunt girls. He bought her horse that she rode a lot for her and gave it to her. And then when he did the movie Hidalgo after this oh, yeah. movie, um, yeah, there was like, I think I can't remember five or six horses in that movie that represented Hidalgo. And he bought two of them, I think. And he rode like every single day for that film as well. He just, he loves horses. That's cool. He's also like, such an accomplished person he knows like he can speak uh five or six languages fluently and he's just really cool he's a really cool oh yeah (laughs) i mean we love vigo mortensen he rules oh yeah yeah. i was gonna say especially especially as a horse person like him being a horse person too and like dedicating so much time to that makes me love him yeah. even more. Yeah. I was going to say, too, another big fist pump moment for me was when Aomer is looking up at an Oliphant, 
and he has a spear and you're like flip that spear over man throw it i love that part he is so cool into the other one yep and those physics like i was like oh like you could feel those hits hard to watch yeah um and then okay so then it it was just jumping to um the nazcool the witch king on gets theoden he is pinned down by his horse. Um, um, Aowen sees mm-hmm. it and she goes to try and protect him. And that's when, you know, she's defending him by fighting the Witch King. And just crazy that she just decapitates the Nazgul like nothing, like butter pretty much. <laughs> yeah. um, and then not only that, the Witch King is going to fight her and he says, no, like, you're so stupid. No man can kill me. Yeah. Which and comes then, like... Can I say yeah. that... When she kills the Nazgul and his wings twitch after really he cool. dies around the Witch King, that is one of my favorite battle scene moments. Yeah. It just is so, it makes the dragon more real, even though he's like yeah. dying. And it makes the Witch King really cool because then you see him in his full stature too. And you're like, holy crap, how is she going <laughs> to yeah. defeat that yeah. dude? And how is she not like peeing herself because he is so formidable (laughs) very just so such great (laughs) images and then of course she does kill him and i just remember the first time i saw it just being so shocked like yeah she did it yeah she did it man and she does it i mean that's so cool i love that so much and then mary sees the whole thing right Uh but me like because she also is trying to find him um, but then she is, you know, now with Theoden after all of this. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. She just killed the Witch King. And she's probably just like, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Theoden. Yeah. And she goes to him and they have a, a moment. Just love. I love that they included that yeah. moment. And Very then touching. they are eventually successful after they're overrun in the <clears throat> courtyard and it becomes dark. And the the Witch King comes. I mean, not the Witch King, the 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 haunted mansion comes and mm-hmm. swipes through everything. <laughs> yeah. But they they succeed at yeah. Gondor. Um amazing. Yeah. Denethor tries to kill Faramir and himself. Uh he is unsuccessful because of and Frodo and Pippin and he dies. And now they're sitting there, the fellowship that we know and love, and they're like what the heck are we going to do? Well, then I think that's when Gandalf might mention that he he can't see Frodo because of the darkness over Mordor. Yes. So uh, the only thing yeah. that they can think to do which is what aragorn said was which i love that it's aragorn yeah because yeah. it's like he this is like the moment yes. where he is king right yeah. right at this moment yes yeah. so he 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 says that we need to distract the eye of sauron by going there and waging war mm-hmm. even though we will not win we will all die but we yeah. need to do it if that means that yeah. frodo can get to the mountain mm-hmm. and i love when they get to that battle i love when Gimli and Legolas I mean we know that they've kind of been like frenemies yeah. the whole entire film and then they kind of do their little right right but at the very very end Gimli was like I never thought I would die uh with a next to an elf or whatever and then he, Legolas says the perfect yeah. I love this he goes how about a yeah, friend I love that and yeah he goes, I can do that and I can do that and I'm like oh my gosh that is so beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. And I also love too. So, you know, mouth of Sauron, we talked about that, but, um, Aragorn. So they're all back. Aragorn looks at everyone and you can just see this look on his face of it's an honor to fight with you all. Goodbye. And he storms and he runs. Yeah. So he began the fight. But before that, 
Yeah, yeah Frodo. he says for Frodo, Frodo which, which is I think I also amazing. cried again. And then not so. Who were the next two people to run? Mary and Pippin, which, which is telling. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cried even more at that. Yes, insane. So then battle ensues. It's nuts. Nuts like all the other ones. I think that um, I like that. It of course this is all interspersed with Sam and Frodo getting up. Uh-huh. to destroying the ring so it's all yes. very well edited yeah. and of course it's much shorter than the, the battle we just saw because if it was like even half as long it would be so well, they then have, it would be boring yeah potentially yes and they have no idea what basically all of the remaining humans are doing for them right now yeah this is yeah. they just know that sauron all of a sudden is distracted and this is yes. their yeah. moment totally and um then, you know, the ring gets destroyed. The eagles come in. Well, isn't it crazy that um, the ring gets destroyed and, you know, they're all, they all know it because they have Sauron. The tower falls and they're uh-huh. all like so happy. But then they see the volcano explode and they just all know that Frodo and Frodo died. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Eagles come in, save them all. I really love the choice they made throughout the next like half hour of the movie where it fades to the the white and the does it fade to black ever or is it only white i know that it fades i think it fades to black yeah it fades fades to black when it when frodo and sam get out of the mountain when they're like on the rock yeah and then and then they get back and then this is when i start i i've i've you know the movie's been priming me for some intense emotions this whole time and i'm like oh man i'm kind of surprised i haven't cried yet but then he sees everyone yeah, just, just as he saw him fair. in Rivendell, and that starts getting to me. Yeah, and then. And speaking of crying, just so everybody knows, I have not cried at all up until this point, <laughs> <laughs> and I still haven't cried at this point. Okay, either. you're you're saving yours. Yeah, I'm saving all my okay. tears because. And I've never cried in a movie before this movie, but it, I do cry in this movie every time. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same spot where I actually cried because I'm I'm getting close, but we'll we'll okay. we'll see. We'll compare when we get there. So then okay. we see Aragorn get crowned king. Mm-hmm. Arwen is there. They share a very passionate. For some kiss. reason, that part was like so like really cried there, there. Yeah. with Arwen, which I've never really. I mean, of course, I've cared, but I've never felt too emotional about it. <laughs> Right, because you're married now. Like, yeah, I guess probably you know. that's it. And then, and then we see that the tree. <laughs> oh, that would be me the tree someday. has blossomed. Mm-hmm. Hope is restored. The king has returned. Like there will be restoration in this world. Yeah. Um, and the city looks yes. brighter. And there's greenery everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. And then the hobbits bow to Aragorn, and he says, "You bow to no one." And then and everyone no bows to and the hobbits, and that's bows. when I cry. <laughs> Yeah, I cried there too. Oh, I still haven't cried at that point, but I think it's epic, and I'm like, yes! And then they're at the Shire, and we see Frodo finish the Lord of the Rings book. Well, I I, I can't remember if this is exactly this part, but they're all at the Green green Dragon. Oh, yeah. And all of the Hobbits are just carrying on as if nothing has ever happened to Hobbiton in the Shire, which is like kind of... I don't think that's at the green. It does, it's fine, but it's just beautiful because <laughs> in, in a way it's beautiful because yeah. they have like continued and carried on, but yeah. they're sitting there and they can't, uh-huh. of course, because they need that, you know, they have to process all of this. How? Yeah. Um, but I, it's just so great. Cause that's when Sam sees Rosie and he's probably thinking, I, I helped destroy the ring. I can go talk to her now. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. 
And then they get married. Yes. And it's so sweet. And then you see Frodo very happy like everyone else, but you can kind of see there's just something in his Some eyes. Great acting. Yes. And then yes. Bilbo oh, yes. is going to go to the Grey Havens with the elves. And then he leaves. It's mm-hmm. very... That's... I'm starting to cry even more. Mm-hmm. Gandalf leaves. And Pippin and Merry and him especially show... The, like, there's this look in their face. Because they, they experience a little more with Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And then Frodo yeah. is... Uh, Gandalf says, it's time, Frodo. And Frodo steps out. And cue Rebecca's tears. And yes. And that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. And as soon as... When Sam... Oh, uh, Yeah. That's when I just start bawling, and I and every single time I just think, you can't leave Sam after all of that. You can't leave Sam. I know, it's so sweet. But he'll friendship, yeah. man. I think it's just because partially I didn't really have like <laughs> amazing friends, or I didn't have that that type of a friendship ever, and everybody always el- everybody else always did. Yeah. That I'm like, oh man, you can't. When you have a bond like that, you can't go. You can't. You can't do it. I know that the Shire sucks for you now, but don't leave Sam. Yeah. But Sam has Rosie, mm-hmm. so I get yeah. it. And you can it's see just, that he's. I mean, the whole uh, the whole move, all three movies, he's been talking about going home, and you can see that when he is yeah. home, he is truly content. When obviously Frodo yeah, is not. He really is. Yeah. Like he he needs to move on. But yeah, of course you just yeah. you are screaming inside like you can't do this, but. There's no other choice. Yeah, it rips your heart out, man. Yeah. yeah. I thought my heart was dead <laughs> and cold and black. And <laughs> no, it's beating alive and sad. Yeah. And then what's the last line Sam says? Does he say not too bad as he get, goes into the hobbit I think he just says hole? I'm home. Oh, is that what he says? But okay. I love that the last shot is of the hobbit hole. It's, yeah. Yeah. So and beautiful. it is cool Full that circle. earlier in the movie he said we went there and back again, mm-hmm. which is the alternate title to the Hobbit movie or mm-hmm. the Hobbit book, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Um so that's the that's the Lord of the Rings, folks. I think this has been a fantastic series so far, probably our best. Um Yes. And um I guess I just want to say after watching these movies again, especially like relating to the this bigger like time that we are living in right now where a lot of things are really bad. A lot of things are really, really bad. I mean, uh, we were just at a protest in Ashland for police brutality before we recorded this. And it just feels like there is not hope. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't feel like there's any hope, but watching a movie like this really reminds me that there is hope and that I can cling on to that hope. And the King will return healing. Mm -hmm. And the and the the tree yeah. will blossom once again. So if if you are in a really, we, you know, this is a fun podcast and everything. But I hope listening to this and watching these movies, you you can have like some levity and and some hope provided to your to your life. Um, hopefully listening along. That yeah. would be lovely. That would make the podcast especially worth it. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say to totally. wrap up the Lord of the Rings. Jordan, do you have anything you want to say? No. <laughs> i feel like i said all i needed to say yeah i, I just concur with everything you just said so mm-hmm. yeah what about you rebecca i concur with all of that and then i just also want to say like thanks for having me because you know that i wanted to be on the podcast for like ever and this this one was totally worth i would yeah. say it was worth the wait because i yeah. love the lord of the yeah. Rings. this this is a good app and i just for sure yeah and I, I just love everything Tolkien. I have 
biographies of Tolkien. I have uh, all the books um, except for one from Baron and Luthien to the Children of Hurin and the Silmarillion and the Lord of the Rings. And I just, I, I love it. Oh, the Unfinished Tales. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just, I love everything Tolkien. He is the bar in every aspect of uh, media, in my opinion. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the Amazon TV show, since they're going to do it before The Hobbit. Yeah. And uh, if they pull it off, and they're doing it with actors that not a lot of people know, if they pull it off, it could be, like, the second most incredible thing that Lord of the Rings has ever done visually. Yeah. Well, cause the hobbits, we could scratch that out of there. Well, yeah. but speaking of the did hobbits, not appreciate what Peter <laughs> Jackson did with that. Speaking of <laughs> the hobbit, we are next week diving into the hobbit, an unexpected journey. And, um, folks, I know that on this very podcast, we've already said a lot of opinions about it, but I can promise you, I can pledge to you, I am going to do my very best to go into it clean slate this time around because, <laughs> you know, um, especially reading the production, um, I will be, I think I'm going to be a lot more um, sympathetic to how it turned out knowing the production details of those movies because it's yeah not as clear cut as I think a lot of people assume it is. Um, but anyway, go to... That doesn't mean it makes it a good movie, though. Hey, you're going to have to listen next week, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, because um, I just watched them recently. Again. Do you have anything Ugh. to plug, Rebecca? Do I have anything to plug? Um, I do do a little bit of geometric art, and I have a website. Well, it's not a website, but it is um, a Facebook page. That I would love for people to follow since I don't have a ton of people. And I would love to do some more commission work for fun. That would be awesome. What's the the page called? Yeah, I was looking that up really quick. So it is called LL Silver Artwork is the page name. LL Um, Silver Artwork. Yeah, it stands for Loki or Lady Loki Silver. I just... I always thought it would... I really love Loki. He's amazing. And I want, like, a Loki movie and all of that stuff because Loki is just awesome. And, um... We're gonna get a TV show. I love... I know, I know. That should be fun. I love Norse mythology. So, um... I know that Sigyn is technically her name and she's the wife of Loki, but Loki just sounds cool. So, Lady Loki Silver... Um, okay cool yeah go check it out some art stuff so yeah check it out like the page you don't have to follow it all the time but uh if you want to you can and then finally before we wrap up www.patreon.com slash sign up for three dollars to listen to mpu the sequel where we we where we cover movie franchises that only have two entries and if you go back to um, a couple of weeks ago, we covered Finding Nemo, and next month we'll be doing Finding Dory. So check that out, folks. Um, those are some fun episodes already. Just well, keep listening. Just keep <laughs> listening. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.